10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from London, this is The Late Show with Genevieve Bent on Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, it's 8pm. Welcome to The Late Show on Friday nights with me, Genevieve Bent. I'm here with you until 9.30pm this evening. Coming up, we'll be discussing the new Oxford Smart Curriculum with Amy Hewish, Head of STEM Education at OUP. And I'll be joined by Woody Dannon discussing how to use resources in schools. It's Friday night, this is Teachers Talk Radio and we are live. Live from London. This is The Late Show with Genevieve Bent on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash ttradio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag ttradio. Good evening. It is Friday night and it's me, Genevieve Bent. I'm back on the airwaves of you um, on this sunny Friday evening to tune to talk it out with you. So hopefully you're tuning in and you're ready to talk it out with me. Of course, before we get into the show, I know that, oh, you know that I like you to connect with us. Um, so it's at TT Radio 2022 on Twitter or on social media, hashtag TT Radio, or you can connect with me personally at Vive Right. Um, it has been a while, so it is a big hello from me once again. How are we all doing? For, um, I guess, wherever you are around the UK, it is the Easter holidays officially now. So I have been that person who has been off uh, for the last few days now, um, just enjoying my, my, I'm saying summer holidays, I wish, my Easter holiday and, um, you know, getting some rest and recuperation in as well as getting some year 11 intervention done. Hello to those of you who are joining in the live studio this evening. Woody, Good evening. Thank you. She said, welcome back. Welcome back to you too as well. I'm looking forward to speaking with you later. Hello to Graham entering the live studio. Hope you're having a lovely evening. Hello, Tom, of course. And hello to Oshin, who's just um, entered the live studio as well. It is lovely to have um, you all logging in and yeah, taking part in the show. It's lovely to have you here with me. Of course, as you know, this year I have gone to a Friday night late show and I do the second Friday of each month. Um, so I'm here today, of course, um, of course. And um, but I will be doing it, hopefully another second show. This is a very special show this evening. And uh, so hopefully I'll be doing another one as well this month. So you might see me twice this month, this April. Um, uh, Graham, you've said lovely morning here in Mexico City. Fantastic. So you are in Mexico. I have been to Mexico. I've never been to Mexico City. I did go to the Cancun, the, the resort. Um, but hopefully you're having a, a great day um, and looking forward to the morning ahead. Of course, if you are in the UK, it is just past 8pm. So, uh, you know, it's it's evening time. Um, but it's very, it's very light outside. I'm down in South London. Um, and yeah, so it is, it's quite light outside still. I'm looking forward to today's show. So for those of you who have tuned into my show before, you know that um, 
I love to sort of check in with you guys, see how you're all doing. Like I said, it is my Easter holidays. Um, but I know that people around the country or teachers around the country and staff at school around the country just broke up for Easter holidays today. So happy Easter holidays to you um, or happy break to you if you don't celebrate Easter. I also know that lots of my Muslim colleagues are have started Ramadan. Um, so hope that's going well as well. Uh, like I said, I did break up earlier. I broke up last Friday and Nathan, I think he's, he might have been in the live, stu- live studio earlier. He might still, I think he's still in the live studio, but he posted a meme on Twitter um, earlier about teachers who had broken up versus teachers who had broken up today. Um, and it was the whole Lion King sort of thing. So us as teachers who had already broken up looking at looking down at their fellow colleagues or fellow cats in this case, um, who were literally struggling to hold on. But I do get it. It has been, although it's been a shorter term, it has been, you know, really, really busy. And I know that schools around the country have all been sort of dealing with the same sort of COVID absences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But hopefully we are all good and you are ready to ready for your rest, ready for your recuperation or you've got some exciting Easter plans or holiday plans if you do have any plans please do text them into the live studio I'd love to hear them and see them and and read them out to listeners Um, and as you know or maybe you don't know but we have got a very special show today so I'm doing a special show and I'm discussing what is the brand new Oxford Smart Curriculum so if you've seen any promo on Teachers Talk Radio social media or my own we are we're here to discuss this brand new uh, sort of curriculum that have just been it's just been sort of I say released not released officially but it's it's been in the pipeline for quite a while from Oxford University Press um and it is essentially brand new but something that has been worked on with um with OUP and teachers around this uh, around the country around the nation um sort of trialing and I am really, really privileged to be able to share that with you and to also share um, a conversation between myself and Amy Hewish, who is the head of STEM education at OUP. And we have we have had been able to catch up and really talk about what this smart curriculum is. And also, of course, I'm here to share a little bit more about that and to hopefully um I guess open your eyes and and get some interest going into what the smart curriculum actually is. Um, I wonder if anyone who is in the live studio studio has heard of the smart curriculum outside of the promo that we've done over the last few days. Um, it like I said, it is from the OUP, so it's brand new. It is a service they refer to it as, and it's current. It's going to be available certainly at first in science, maths, and English. Um, so. There is lots of information out there that you can access, but I'm going to go through a little bit more about, I guess, the brief of what um, Oxford Smart Curriculum is. Um, And any science teachers out there, I'm sure you have come across, I'm sure we all have come across or use, currently use the OUP resources um, now. So there are amazing resources that are out there, as we know. And I do have another special guest, Woody Danan, who is going to be talking with me about her the ways that she uses OUP resources and strategies and tips for any other educators out there who may or may not be familiar with the resources, but actually want to explore, um, uh, you know, different I guess these different resources that are out there. You're going to hear the word resources quite a lot this evening. Um, 
I don't apologize. Sorry, not sorry. Um, but you know what we're talking about. But I guess Oxford Smart, why is it different? Um, so curriculum is, I mean, it's all encompassing as an educator, as we know. Um, and it does take up, I guess it is the, the major part of our job. You know, we talk about it when it comes to Ofsted, the, the curriculum, how is it implemented, um, how is the impact measures, what's the intent, etc. Um, and Oxford Smart say that curriculum is, you know, it's connected with the resources, assessment, next steps and CPD, which is obviously everything that a curriculum should be. Um, and it's looking at all the different components, looking at the data and the research behind that and really trying to gather that all up together for teachers to be able to plan, teach, assess, monitor um, the progress of all students effectively, which is which is our job. Um, and so, you know, if there are resources out there that can do all of that and really, I guess, allow us to focus on everything else that's going in the classroom and free up our time to think about the love of learning and the, the in, in, inspire our students and so on and so forth, then, you know, the term smart really is important here um, and it's that the smart curriculum draws draws on the most up-to-date research I've taken some parts from the um, website as well the most up-to-date research and it's underpinned by what they call the six pillars and we'll discuss that more when I when I talk to to Amy um, and just really allowing teachers to identify the most impactful way or they've done all that for us we've you know, we've identified it, they've identified, they've put that together to really ensure progress by our students. So, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's something that has been happening for, for quite a long time now. And I know that they've had quite a few schools involved in, you know, I guess, trialing and, and, and sort of smoothing out the kinks and so on um, over the last um, however long so it's really exciting that it's here and hopefully if you are on social media you've seen the buzz recently and um, with the OUP team with Amy with Sam um, with Louise and and all the other um, OUP staff Prem um, and you know seen what's sort of going on and what's about to be released and hopefully that's got you a little bit excited it's got me excited because even though I'm not head of science um anymore I'm obviously a, a part of the science team and and I said this to my colleague the other day I don't think I will ever get over um <laughs> being a head of science it is literally it's always been my favorite favorite job um and I, I'm an assistant head now but um science is where my passion for teaching is I love it um, and I will be involved and support the RHOD as much as I can and th thinking about these resources I mean it's really exciting it's really exciting um, but like I said I know I could talk talk forever and ever and ever um, but what, what I'm going to do is just share a little bit more it is a special show as I said so OUP um, have have put this out there, you know, I'm here to sort of promote that a little bit um, and hopefully just, yeah, get continue that buzz. So I'm just going to play an advert and then we're going we're gonna to go to uh, the discussion between Amy and myself. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. 
No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. Oxford Smart uses the most up-to-date evidence and data to monitor, review and respond to each of your learners' needs. Curriculum and assessment are carefully planned together, making the data more meaningful. It reveals strengths, weaknesses, misconceptions and plans personalised next steps to deepen learning. With a powerful flow of information and intelligent insight, Oxford Smart is always evolving, always learning more about what works for every learner and what could work better, getting even smarter. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Good evening. Hello, welcome back. So that was a short advert um, from OUP, just talking a little bit about what the Smart Curriculum is. Like I said, it is super interesting and I know that there's going to be some amazing resources. For anyone who is a science teacher already, I'm sure you've, you're familiar with, is a science teacher, um, I'm sure you are familiar with Caboodle um, and those are obviously part of the OUP platform and I mean that that is a, an amazing platform as it is but I think this smart curriculum is all about tying everything that's there together and just delivering a package that is going to be essentially outstanding um, and not outstanding by Ofsted terms per se, but um, you know, outstanding as such. Um, and so, yes, I, I'm really excited about it. So, like I said, I did get to catch up with our very important guest, and that is Amy Hewish. She is the head of STEM at Oxford University Press and someone that I've connected with over the last year or so, a little bit more than a year I'd say, first on social media and then um, um, via, you know, doing OUP bits and bobs or speaking with OUP in some in some manner and I'm really pleased to be able to have been given the opportunity to discuss what this new curriculum looks like just looking at the live studio Woody Woody um, our special guest later on is listening from Warrington up north I got the opportunity to meet Woody um was it February now and yeah it was lovely to meet you in person and put and properly put your face to name um yeah at the teach me science icons with or teach me icons apologies science with tom of course um but yes going to the catch up the conversation the discussion with amy uh hopefully you enjoy it and you learn a little bit um more or a lot more about what the smart curriculum entails good evening amy how are you i'm good thank you genevieve good evening Good evening. Thank you for joining my show today um, to talk about the Oxford Smart Curriculum. Do you just want to introduce yourself um, a little bit more detailed for listeners? Of course, yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you this evening and to be talking about my favourite topic, which is the Oxford Smart Curriculum. So my name's Amy Hewish and I am Head of Primary and Secondary STEM Subjects for Oxford Education. So that's part of Oxford University Press. 
Amazing. And this this obviously isn't the first time that we've spoken, but it's really nice to have you on and really excited to find out a little bit more about the Oxford Smart Curriculum. We've heard lots about it as science teachers. Um, so I guess let's get started. It's the modern curriculum, the Smart Curriculum. Why is now the perfect time to make changes at Key Stage 3 and what does it, a modern curriculum actually look like? Okay, so what does a modern curriculum look like? I think that's a really, really good question. Um, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the world has changed like dramatically over the past couple of years. Um, and lots of the things that we're thinking about when we're designing the SMART curriculum, they were true a couple of years ago, but everything that's happened recently has really kind of shone a light on what a curriculum should be doing. So in terms of what we think a modern curriculum is, we think it's based on the best available educational evidence and there's been a huge movement over recent years towards making sure that educational decisions and curriculum are evidence informed. It's one that thinks about what knowledge and skills do kids need in the future and we've got all sorts of stuff going on obviously we're in a pandemic just been through a pandemic there's climate change we need yeah. to prepare our young people for the future um, and one that's really important I think is making sure that it's equitable and inclusive and that's often an afterthought but actually I think if we're looking to the future that's got to be absolutely at the forefront of all of our minds and it's got to be right there at the start yeah yeah I really love that um sort of I love that you've introduced the whole idea of modern curriculum being based around the changes that mm -hmm. have happened particularly with the pandemic but also the fact that you're you're looking at you know um being equitable being inclusive being diverse obviously mm -hmm. things that um, are really important to me as a science teacher um so that's all sounds really great I know that you have um, as part of the SMART curriculum, you have six pillars. Are you able to briefly talk us through them? I can, and I'll try and keep it brief and I'll try not to forget one because sometimes I do. Um, the first one is about coherence. That's really important. I can maybe talk about that a bit more in a little bit. Um, the second one is about having high expectations, but high expectations in a really safe environment. So that goes to the point about equity. We've got to make sure that all kids are inspired to reach a high standard and that we support them in doing that. The third one, metacognition. Um, this is one of the ones which I'm super passionate about. Metacognition is a high impact strategy. And the great thing about it is it's been shown to impact kids from disadvantaged backgrounds the most. So that's absolutely something that we should all be thinking about. Learner identity. This is something that's going into the new PISA framework that links to um, the inclusive and equitable aspect of the curriculum. Um, and again, as you know, one that is really, really important to me, and I know it's important for you as well. Responsive teaching and learning is absolutely what teachers are always striving to do. So we want to make that as easy as possible for them. And then finally, awe and wonder. So I think a lot of the time when you're thinking in quite a technical way about curriculum and how it will work, it, can be easy to forget about or in wonder but actually we need to keep that front and center of any curriculum that we develop especially a science curriculum that's what it's all about yeah it sounds great i mean they sound like the foundations of any um good science curriculum really um and just going back to learn identity i know that we did a little bit of collaboration with the mm -hmm. um, ase conference um i don't know is it 2020 now or 2021 if yeah <laughs> feels like um, a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. 
2021. Mm. Um, so you said you were going to speak a little bit more about coherence being one of yeah. the pillars. What does curriculum coherence actually mean to you? Um, so I think it can have many different meanings um, and many different aspects to it. In a like really pure sense, I think it's about having coherence within a subject and across the key stages. So we know with scientists that there's a story within each bit of science. And if you can connect up all of the dots, then you've got something that's really meaningful for kids and for teachers to teach. Um, but then there's a broader definition, I think, of curriculum coherence. And what we've really tried to do um, with SMART is make sure that we're embedding the pillars in a coherent way and that they go across everything that we're doing. So it's not just about the curriculum that sits underneath. It's about the resources. It's about the assessment. It's about the data that we're generating. And it's about making sure all of these things connect up together so that we're able to enable things like the responsive teaching and learning and the next steps. And it's also, I think, about making sure that teachers are supported to do all of those things. So PD absolutely has to be an element of any coherent curriculum as well. Great. It sounds really good. Um, I can tell there's, well, I know that there's been lots of work going into this smart curriculum. Mm. So it's been really exciting to hear and, and see more. Um, now, I know that you've also got a smart activate package. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so I guess who has been involved in the development of Smart Activate? Activate is something that we used as science teachers to mm -hmm. really hear a little bit more about Smart Activate. Cool. Yeah. So for those who don't know, um, Activate is a key stage free scheme. Um, I worked on that back in 2013 with quite a small team at that point in time. What we've done now is we've made, um, we've rebuilt Activate based on the Smart Curriculum pillars um, and that has been a huge task and we've had a huge number of amazing people contributing so Genevieve you actually gave us some feedback on one of our sessions that we did so we've had lots of teachers inputting um, we've had a curriculum group that we've been working with that curriculum groups had people from awarding bodies so our colleagues from AQA for example um, it's had people from research schools it's had Andy Chandler-Grivat who's our curriculum editor uh, we've had wide ranging input. We've had Louise Archer from the PISA project. She's been able to input. So lots of different people, plus, of course, the Oxford team. So my team at Oxford, we're all scientists. We're all super passionate about what we do. And then we've got an extended team outside um, of the buildings, outside of the press, who we work with. So a big network of teachers, curriculum writers. So huge effort. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm, um, I'm super impressed, particularly with um, it's Dr. Louise Archer, isn't it? It is, and, yeah. Um, because I remember doing using quite a bit of her research when I was doing my PGCE and again mm -hmm. when I did my master's. Um, and I love her work. She's done so much work on, you know, STEM and yeah. um, capital and that sort of thing. Um, so, oh, sounds interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, and now I know that you've had pioneer schools testing the content. Um, yeah. What have been the key experiences and how has their feedback fed into the development? So first of all, the pioneer schools have just been incredible. So we've got 29 of them, I think, and they've all ran with this curriculum. They've been implementing, implementing it with their year sevens and they've been giving us feedback as they've gone along. Uh, so far, the experience for them has been really great. Some of them were using Activate before. Some of them are brand new to it. Um, and we've had really, really positive comments. Uh, people talking about the awe and wonder and people talking about 
the improvements to things like how the, the support and the extension work. Um, so it's been a really great experience for us and for those schools. And in terms of the way that we've worked with them, they've been so generous with their time. They've given us time in focus groups um, so that we can learn how they're getting on with the content and so that we can feed that back into the development of the curriculum. So it's been a really valuable experience and we're very thankful for them coming on board. I'm pretty jealous, I'm going to say, <laughs> of those schools. Um, and so what do you think, I mean, I'm pretty excited already and I look forward to seeing, you know, exactly what those resources look like. But what do you think teachers should be most excited about with Oxford Smart Activate? Um, why should they be considering it, I guess? So I think there's tons of stuff in the way that we've approached smart, the smart curriculum and the new Activate that is going to appeal to science teachers the metacognition, the way we've used evidence in general, all of the stuff we've just talked about, identity, absolutely really important, I think, and science teachers will love it. One of the things I should probably mention, because I know that science teachers will love this, is we've included mini clips throughout the course. And I know that probably sounds like something quite small when we've been talking about all these big ideas, but we know that when the kids are struggling at home, maybe they've done a quiz, and they've not done so well, what they really need is not just to go and look at the book again. They need somebody or something to explain it, yeah. break it down for them, give them a scaffold, model their thinking. Um, so a really cool new thing in Smart Activate, a mini video clip that do mm. just that. And they're designed for particularly for when the kids get stuck. So I, I think science teachers will love those. I think, I mean, I know you say they sound small, but kids a lot of our kids nowadays rely on videos and rely on youtube yeah. um, and go on and they are subscribed to some of the most um you know some of the most popular channels when it mm. comes to revision and things so i mean that sounds really really good and it's built into the system so of course yeah it sounds really positive yeah um so as a science teacher and the science teachers that will be listening to the show or listening back how and where can we actually find out more um, so on the Oxford website, so that's oxfordsecondary.co.uk forward slash smart activate, or you can follow us and contact us on Twitter. So the official Twitter handle is at OUP secondary. And yeah. then I'm at Amy underscore science and Amy is A-M-I-E. So you can give me a follow and drop me a message as well. Perfect. Um, Amy, it sounds really good. I really appreciate you giving up some of your time to come and speak to us about the SMART curriculum. Um, I know that it's been a little bit of a buzz on Twitter and on social media recently. So yeah, it's been really interesting and hopefully any science teachers that are listening who are interested will actually get in contact with you or with the team. Um, thank yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to um, leave us with before we go? Um, I guess just one last thing on SMART, which is to say this has been such a tremendous effort from the science education community. So I'm just yeah. super thankful. I know I've already said thank you to the pioneer schools, um, but I'm, thank you, I'm thankful for the whole community because it really has been um, a huge effort by lots and lots of people. Amazing. Thank you so much, Amy. Have thank a lovely rest of the evening. Annie. Bye, Genevieve. Bye. Bye, Amy. Bye.
So that was my conversation with Amy Hewish. She is the head of STEM education at OUP, as I said previously. Now, unfortunately, Amy couldn't be live with me in the studio this evening, but she has lost her voice. So I'm really grateful that she had taken the time just before the show to to actually sit and and chat with me and tell me more about the SMART curriculum. Um, We did have a question in the chat from Woody. It says, will current users of Activate get the SMART Activate at some point? Or will we have to purchase an upgrade or upgrade to that? Which is a really valid question because I know there's lots of teachers um, who are already, or schools, should I say, who are already part of the Activate, already have the Activate package. Um, And Amy, who is in the live studio um, via text, has texted in saying, if you're already using Activate, best thing to do is talk to your rep so we can work out the best thing for you. It's a new course, but have a chat with us and we'll advise on what you need to do. I think with like any of our products, uh, our products, look at me taking credit for the OUP. <laughs> Amy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so like I would say with any product that we buy as teachers, um, the I know it's always the better thing to do is actually speak to one of the coordinators or the reps for that particular um, resource and, and hopefully get the best deal possible as well. Woody did text back saying, thank you, a job for the summer after the exams. Woody, I don't know about you, but that job list is piling up for after exams. Oh, honestly. Um, Tom, you've texted in saying great chat. Um, Tom History, Tom HB has texted in saying, get share in the show, folks. Please do get share in the show, folks. Um, the more people we have in um, the live studio, the better we can spread the word about the Oxford Smart Curriculum. Um, and yeah, Woody, you've said same. Honestly, like that to-do list is just growing and growing. And um, that gain time is going to be very, very um, well used, shall we say. Um, so that was my conversation with Amy Hewish, as I said. Today's show, if you're just joining the live studio, we have been talking about the Oxford Smart Curriculum. Uh, and now you'll probably notice, aside from uh, the the friendly conversation between Amy and I, she did talk about STEM identities or learner identities being a part of the six pillars of the Smart Curriculum. And I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because last year I presented or I did a session at the Association for Science Education Conference, ASE. It was online at the time, obviously, because of lockdown. And I did, a, my session was in, I guess, sponsored by the OUP. I think that was the correct term. And I touched on the four themes when it comes to learner identity um, that Amy herself had shared at the piece of visioning project earlier I think it was in 2020 so those four themes that Amy had discussed and gone into detail with I touched on like I said and those four themes were science capital inclusive experiences and practices ethics and values and critical science agency now all of those terms I love them I love them because they really do convey um what it means to be an all I guess an all-round learner but also an all-round scientist and an all-round scientific learner or a learner in science. Um, And for someone who, for those of you who've listened to my show before, for someone who uh, talks about identity quite a lot, it's really important to me that that feeds through into STEM and into science and into teaching, of course. So to go through those themes, and I did check with Amy beforehand that I was was allowed to share this, but as a science teacher, I just thought it was really, um, it was 
really great to be able to share this. So Science Capital, um, we all, uh, I keep saying that, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I did it again. Are we promoting a love of science and conveying that science is for you? So in terms of our teaching, not just in the classroom, but also the extracurricular things that we offer um, as a science department, you know, are we conveying the message that science is for everyone? And when I talk about being, when Amy talks about being equitable and inclusive, it's really getting that message across that science and STEM can be for any any young person, anyone who sees himself, who, en who enjoys doing science, who sees science as a particular, a, a possible vocation or possible aspiration in some way, science should be for them and we should be promoting that message always. Uh, inclusive experiences and practices, how are we promoting our STEM teaching as being diverse and inclusive? Of course, that sort of embodies uh, the, everything that Amy was saying about being a smart curriculum. Uh, ethics and values, so are we teaching about the ethical and moral implications as part of our subject? And I, I feel that I know science teachers will agree with, with me, I hope, that there are so many opportunities to talk about ethics when it comes to science. It's a massive part of, of science and it's a massive part of research for anyone who moves into, you know, academia or scientific research. And the last one, critical science agency. So are we teaching science knowledge within the bigger picture, addressing inequality and injustice that exists in society? And I thought these learner identities were so powerful when I, when you know I had originally caught up with Amy before that ASE session and I was really passionate when talking about these identities and how that feeds into promoting a, a diverse curriculum or equitable curriculum or you know um, a curriculum that promotes a love of science for every different type of learner that we have. So I wanted to to go back to revisit those themes as part of this conversation on the smart curriculum. Uh, and and hopefully as a science teacher that's something that you know you are even if you haven't thought about before something that that you can think about in a little bit more um depth and something that could possibly direct I guess your provisions in your classrooms or in your departments moving forward so I mean you know, the smart curriculum, we're going to keep saying it this evening, obviously it is a special show uh, and it is really exciting, as I've said already. And so as well as talking about the, the smart curriculum and everything that is on the books, everything that's going to be uh, released in, sh in due time or due course, I wanted to talk about how we use resources generally in schools, in science particularly, of course, uh, but the OUP resources specifically so I did ask for I did put out a call for another special guest yesterday and thankfully this wonderful woman did answer my call um, <laughs> um, with the help of OUP's Prem who had you know retweeted for me and, and tagged in some particular individuals amazing individuals of course and Woody Dalan who has been on my show before anyone who's listened to my show before you may remember you can always remember you can always go back onto ttradio.org and listen to all of our past shows a fantastic website that is maintained by the team and actually before we get on to woody if you're not already follow the hashtag TT Radio, go and connect with us at TT Radio 2022. You can connect with me personally at V Bright. But Woody is a science teacher. She's a head of faculty 
um, for science. She is a governor at a school as well. She has done her MPQML. She's um, uh, she's part of the Chartered College and council, a council member in the Chartered College. And she is a doctorate student, a doctorate of education student at the University of Chester. I mean, the profile speaks for itself, really. She, like I said, she's been on my show before. We've talked science and we've talked, um, you know, interest and that sort of thing previously but I'm really happy to have her back on my show today she did a session we both did a session at the last teach me science teach me icons for science which was in Manchester in February so like I said earlier in the show it was a it was really really good to be able to put a face to name properly but I've also been able to talk with her regarding STEM identities and diversity previously so it's it's lovely to have her back on the show Woody if you are in the live studio please do call in um, and hopefully you are ready to chat we are going to talk about the best ways or the or I guess best is subjective but strategies in which to use resources specifically OUP resources um, in the classroom in the department and um yeah, successfully with our students. So Woody has called in. Good evening, Woody. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. A little bit louder for me, closer to the mic. Oh, well, I'm not sure how to do that. Oh, that's fine. I can hear you perfectly. <laughs> um, listeners, hopefully. Oh, okay. Tom is texting and saying you're still a little bit quiet. Maybe just move the mic a little bit closer or closer to the phone. Oh, no, still far away. I can't get any closer than that. <laughs> Have you got earphones in, Woody? Hello. Oh, per oh, per is oh, that any better? It is. I can hear a little bit of an echo. That might just be me, though. Oh, I'm that not, sounds better. I'm not sure. I can't hear an echo on this no. side. No, it all sounds good. So hopefully you heard my um, dazzling profile from you. All true, of course. Thank you very much. It was a <laughs> lovely introduction. <laughs> good. Um, I, I know I've given you a quick introduction. Do you want to say anything else about who you are and what your current role is at the moment? Um, yes. Okay. So I'm the head of the science faculty or sciences, shall I say, faculty at Birchwood Community High School in Warrington. Um, I've been doing this job for just over two years now. So I started in, in January of 2020, just before the pandemic. Um, and it's, it's the best job in the world. And one of the reasons why I wanted to be head of faculty is because of how much influence I can have on um, many students' education. Um, so I'm really passionate about science. Obviously, I love being a science teacher. It's where, as as an individual, I forget all my problems when I'm stood there in front of the children teaching. I really love that part of my job. But Ooh. I also do, obviously, enjoy um, being um, head of faculty and promoting the love of science not just the students also the, the teaching um to my colleagues who are wonderful um it's a, quite a huge department uh faculty we change from department to faculty because our lovely head um 
has recognised that science is not just one subject, it's, it's three at a minimum. Um, and um, so we've been on a journey. Um, I've been using the Oxford um, University Press resources for a very long time. Mm. Um, I started when I was Key Stage 3 coordinator in my previous school, where I um, wanted to introduce um, Activate there because I personally feel that Key Stage 3 is important. Yeah. Um, If we get that right, I feel that the GCSEs just look after themselves. Yeah, Um, can I I just say that? That is is such an important point that you've made about Key Stage 3 because... I think we have this conversation, it comes up on Edu Twitter quite a lot about Key Stage 3 and, you know, it's often forgotten or it's it's yeah. less, it's low priority and so on and so forth. But like you said, if that is done right and it's taken us, you know, in our department quite a while to get that right, but the GCSEs will look after itself, as you said. Absolutely. I mean, um, it is neglected in many schools. So all the schools I've worked in up to where I am now, that's completely changed. Key Stage stage 3 now is our priority as we have identified that if the students have um, mastered Key Stage 3, if they've acquired the right knowledge, then when you start the GCSEs, which we do in the um, kind of halfway through year nine, we feel that they have a better grasp of the um, GCSE knowledge and yeah. they can progress through the course a lot more um, confidently and comfortably. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. not having to reteach um, kind of core knowledge because they don't have that. So case three is really important. Um, but we also need to ensure that at the start of key stage three, they have the right, um, they have what they need to kind of um start on a positive with key stage three because we don't want them we don't want to have students coming in at key stage three with kind of a presumption that they have covered everything they needed to in um key stage one and two so we kind of started by mapping our um, the science curriculum from the beginning um Mm. because we felt that that is really important and i started that pretty much from um joining the school and um, which is why we didn't um, join uh, or take part in the Oxford Smart. It was on the table. It was an idea. We wanted to be part of it. Yeah. And I still feel deep regret that I'm not. <laughs> However, no, I really do. However, because we were six months into our journey of the of planning and um, the key stage three, and we, we were 50% of the course planned, and um, resourced so we thought it would have been a waste of time and my team didn't feel comfortable obviously everybody has to feel comfortable and happy with with change so it was in the end we had to pull out um, and we didn't take part in the smart which is obviously sad but it's something that we're going to look into in the future yeah and I think I think you know, you have to make the best decision for your team and for the department or the faculty and for the students at the time. And if you weren't ready, you weren't ready. I mean, if you're not able to implement something in the way that you want to do it, you have to just say sometimes no or just step back from something and, and yeah. take that opportunity at, later, at a later date. Yeah, and that's what we that's what we did. And um, it's it, I can't, I, I want to say it is definitely the right decision but mm-hmm. it's one of those things you always feel that you're missing out and I do feel I'm missing out yeah of course 
Of course. Well, how long, just to go back to you being, you talked about being key stage three coordinator and that's when you introduced Activate. Um, but how long have you been in the head of faculty role? Um, so just when, I was key, when I was key stage three coordinator, I was, I was at a different school and I started um, kind of planning and working on key stage three there. But oh, then cool. the job came up at my current school and it was one of those... Um, kind of dream jobs that you can't really not apply for so I applied and I've been um, it was in January 2020 that I started and when I started at my new school it wasn't I wasn't I wasn't shocked that key stage three was just neglected yeah and key stage three was basically um kind of a, a mini GCSE course which yeah was completely unacceptable it's wrong yeah. um the national curriculum wasn't being covered at key stage three some of it was there some of it wasn't um the kind of work how we were teaching key stage three and the sequence it wasn't something that because previously I worked on it and um I used um the best evidence um research to sequence key stage three previously so I thought mm. that was the right thing to do you have to use the best evidence out there as Amy was saying earlier and not neglect that it's available it's free so why aren't we taking advantage of it yeah, so of um, why did I what why did I bring Activate and um, Caboodle into my faculty it's because it's a reputable um, resource and it's good for the students and I feel that it had the right level of challenge mm-hmm. um, it covers the national curriculum uh, we don't use key stage three in the same um, sequence as it is in, in activate we kind of have our own um, sequence but we use the activate um, resources to complement that okay so we do use it to its full potential um, I like the fact that um, the schemes of work, if you've ever seen them, they have, um, they're really detailed, um, the outcomes um, there, which, you know, it tells, it tells us what the children need to know, the the kind of the core knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, what can they do to apply this knowledge and what can we do with them in order to push them in order to extend what they know. And I feel that that in itself is one of the really positives about um, using Activate. It's exactly the same with um, using Caboodle. Now I've used Caboodle. We use both in key, uh, Activate and Key History and Caboodle um, for GCSE. And it's a fantastic resource. If there is ever an error or a problem, we contact Oxford University Press and it's resolved very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, at the minute, we're using it also for homework. One of the things I'm really passionate about is um, students really do need to be independent learners and having Caboodle and having um, Activate, it allows us to build independence. So we could say to our students, we could set them, for example, a reading task to do at home because they can access the books. We could get them to plan a practical activity. As you know, I'm a fan of um Practical silent practicals silent <laughs> yeah well yeah but for them to be able to do that to do a, to carry out a practical silently they need to know the science behind it they need to know what yeah. equipment they're using they need to know why they're using them and all of that can be pre-planned and I always get my students to plan the the activity and write a method so instead of having to give them a link to something we just say page 
I don't know, 162 mm. in the chemistry book and they'll go away and do that. Um, I'm not saying that. Um, so obviously they knew, we, we teach them the knowledge and then we, we, we know exactly what they need to acquire and how and, and, and we are very good at that but we don't want them to be completely dependent on us. We want them to be independent and yeah. we want them to be able to also be able to access knowledge themselves, which is why we can't, we've moved towards um, with our key stage, um, key stage four at the minute, we're going to be introducing um, a little bit, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but flipped learning. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan. I've tried it before in my previous um job in my previous school and um pretty much my mpqml was a little bit on on using flipped learning um and it works really well i'm just going to say for anyone who um isn't aware on flipped learning who's listening in or listening back to the show flipped learning is essentially an approach to allow students to learn before they come to the lesson and we are sort of I guess extracting that information um and you know testing that assessing that um, allowing us to move forward and move, I guess, move forward more quickly and more in depth with with content. Um, sorry, Woody, go on. No, that's absolutely fine. Um, exactly what it is. And that's what uh, we do. Obviously, I know um, the negatives um, about flipped learning and I know why some people dislike it. Mm-hmm. It's not we're not asking students to go and learn something like, for example, ionic bonding on their own. Yeah. Um, we're, it's, the tasks that are flipped will are tasks which we know they can access which um, we don't have to stand there and and teach them for example history of the atmosphere that would lend itself really well to a flipped learning task mm. because it's just predominantly it's just it's just a, a bunch of knowledge isn't it it's just recall um, isn't it it's just recall so we we always choose the tasks um really well and they are mapped out and planned it's not just random and that's something new um, that we're going to be introducing to help our students um, start to plan their own um, revision and understand that there's lots of information out there that they can access to help them improve um, their learning. And the world that they're going to be moving into after they leave us is not a world where it spoons feeds you information. It's yeah. a world where you are having to um access information yourself and um be very much independent and plan your own learning so in a way I feel it's good to prepare them for that and that that's why I do I do absolutely love having access to digital books and resources um one of the things that I love about as well um the activate and caboodle are the quizzes um, we can just set them a quiz and assess whether they learnt what we want them to learn in the classroom or not. And yeah. then once the teachers have assessed that or um, had a look at the answers, what we do is we um, reteach if we need to. We can identify misconceptions very quickly. Um, it's great. I do I do enjoy using it. I mean, one of the downsides is not mobile friendly at the minute, but that's something that um, I have mentioned to Oxford University. Right, yeah. And it is something that they're looking at um, improving in the future. Um, and it, it I, I, sorry, go on with it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just saying it is great, but there is obviously there there are um, there are things that could be improved. 
Yeah, of course. I think with like with any result result resource at the moment, I don't think there's any out there that are perfect. And um, but I will say regarding Kaboodle, I was introduced to it first in my training year, my PGCE. The second school that I joined had Kaboodle and had the full access. And honestly, it was amazing. Um, and I know it's just grown and 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 in leaps and bounds really since then. But Kaboodle has been a, a consistent platform that. Um, as teachers we've made use of for a long long time and it continues to be successful and it continues to be user-friendly easy to you know easy to access and um, and this is not me just plugging OUB it genuinely is a really good platform. No no honestly I do completely agree Um, and for me when I introduced it it's not it's it's a huge chunk of our budget shall we say mm. however it's worth it because the consistency element of it and yeah, um, yeah. everybody has access to the same resources they're very high quality resources um they are challenging resources and what we want to do we, we don't want to um reduce the challenge for our students obviously mm. we want to give them the highest level of challenge and mm. then we want to help them to get there um that's why the res- the resources are are great to use and and it's time yeah there I don't want my staff to spend their time finding or making resources the resources are there for them to use and then they can use their time to plan their questioning um plan their delivery if we want we we do have powerpoints that goes with, with that go with every lesson I'm not a huge fan of powerpoints but my staff and especially my new staff yeah and um, I've got two ECTs and an RQT they need that and we do have that for every single lesson um but even let's just say you you don't have time for that the re, the, the activate and caboodle they come with very basic powerpoints and you can use those as part of the digital um um service that's available there um it's something that we wanted more obviously so we've we've made more mm. but you could potentially just use that and you would be absolutely fine. Yeah. And I think that's that's what it's down that's what it really boils down to, isn't it? Of course, as teachers, as practitioners, we want to do as much as we can from our point of view in terms of preparing and teaching and learning and etc. But if if whenever it is needed it's there and I think that's what all of us look for when we are looking for a resource that in the worst case scenario or in um you know cover for example or teachers who just need the extra support we do have a platform that exists like that Um, sorry I was gonna say it was a lifesaver as well in the pandemic during the pandemic um because when we went on to online learning um we needed to give the students access to we needed to everybody to have access to the same resources and we wanted it to be as easy as possible so setting work um was quite easy because all we needed to do is to tell our students this is what I want you to do or set them the activity or the quiz online and they could go away and do that and it was it made it made it life easier for us as teachers because we didn't have to go and look um for resources online um, yeah. There's other resources as well that were there and, and we did tap into those, but we just felt it was just a consistent resource for us all the time. If a student is off, for example, due to COVID, we say we set our student, we say this is where we're at and that's what I need you to cover. 
um, if they've done it, they'll come back and they'll be up to speed to work to everybody else in the classroom. So it, it, it makes setting work, setting homework, setting work when students are absent for whatever reason, really easy. Yeah, and that's what it boils down to. Um, and, and I think that's, yeah, that's what's great about um, the OUP resources generally. I think it's just, it's something that we can rely on and go back to if and when ever necessary. Um, so I guess, Woody, do you have any particular tips for listeners um, or recommendations when it comes to any particular resources outside of obviously Activate and Caboodle? Anything else that you'd say for OUP resources? Um, we've started as well using the um, Oxford Revise, which is brilliant. Yes. I love I love the fact that it has the knowledge um, organiser for each section. I love the ramped up questions at the end of each chapter. It is really good. And we're hoping in the future um, that we, that as a school, can we do as a school, we do get it for half the price that it's marketed at. But we hope, hoping that we can reduce the cost for parents by subsidising it a little bit. So mm. we can have, every student can have one and we can, we, we can use it more effectively and um, as well as the digital resource. If, so if there's someone out there who haven't tried, whether it's the Oxford Revise or the Caboodle or Activate, I think they should and they can get access. I mean, I'm not even sure if I should say this, but when, when I first started using it the very first time, we got it for a month, I think, for free. So my staff could have a play and um, they can kind of use it and understand how it works um very, without us worrying about paying for it so that yeah. that was a that's a plus that's good um it is they are friendly and they're lovely to talk to and they're very helpful um yeah it's one of, it's, it's a resource that i definitely recommend i wouldn't i don't think it'd be that would be something that I would let go of um, unless i really <laughs> had to it's something that i yeah it's it's it is really good yeah, I love those Oxford re, um, revised resources. I think Primrose Kitten was involved in those as well, wasn't she? She's um, yes. she creates. She was part of the creators or authors for those books. And yes. I remember seeing it for the first time at the ASE conference, um, twenty twenty in Reading. And I came across them, and I was literally just like, "Oh my gosh, what are these? <laughs> they yeah. look so good." Uh, you know, we're all stationary and and book fanatics as teachers, but yeah, yeah, those really caught my eye, and I love the little. I like how it's broken down into practice, revise that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I use I use it not just as a teacher. I use it. I use them as a parent. My my son does yeah. um, A level biology and chemistry, and I bought the Oxford um, revised biology and chemistry because they are really good um, yeah. and it's something that we we use um because i, I do f i do feel the, the the structure um is is great and it helps um with the, they have the knowledge quizzes as well if, yes. if you've seen them where you fold, fold it in they, are, they are brilliant definitely yeah. worth every penny Yep. So any listeners who are in the live studio or are listening back and you haven't um, come across the Oxford Revise, OUP Revise, um, no, they're called OUP Oxford Revise books, uh, do check them out. They are really beautiful to look at and they're just really well put together. Um, and both Woody and I are endorsing those. So, yes, do check them out. <laughs> uh, anything else that you wanted to add, Woody, before we say goodbye? Um. 
not really, no. Just um, please, please, please look after Key Stage 3. That's all I want to say to everybody. It's yeah, one of those yeah. It's one of those that just get neglected and it does It does break my heart sometimes when um, I hear people talking about Key Stage 3 like it doesn't matter. It really does. Yes, agree. Absolutely agree. Woody, thank you so much for giving up another one of your evenings to come and join me this um, on The Late Show. I really appreciate it. It's been great hearing about how you use the OUP resources and any tips and strategies um, for listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you would like to follow Woody, Woody, please do text in your um handle into the live studio and um, but thank you once again for joining me so it is just gone nine o'clock and it is time for me to play the news and I'll be back right after that this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding, and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. Witherslack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
In England, the latest government data shows that 178,800 pupils were absent from school due to COVID, a decrease of 0.3% since March the 17th. The number of staff absences has also decreased by 0.4% in the same time period. School leaders are, however, still expressing concern over the ongoing disruptions and both the NAHT School Leaders Union and the Association of School and College Leaders have called for Education Secretary Nadim Sahawi to reinstate free lateral flow tests for pupils and staff. General Secretary Paul Whiteman said, We continue to hear a sense of deep frustration from school leaders as they struggle to deal with the significant and ongoing disruption caused by COVID, whilst the government removes every measure they have for controlling it. We all assumed living with COVID meant there would be very low case levels. This is clearly not the case, and absence rates remain at concerningly high levels. School leaders feel they have been abandoned. In Lancashire, video games are being used to teach children about climate change and flooding. The game is called Rivercraft and has been devised by the Environment Agency in collaboration with Microsoft. It is based on Minecraft and integrates flood mitigation. Andy Brown, Flood Risk Manager for the Environment Agency said, this is an amazing opportunity for students and a project we are proud to be part of. Not only will young people learn about a major flooding scheme in the UK, but they will also discover more about climate change, the environment, flooding, and the types of roles available for careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Justin Edwards, Director of Learning Programmes, Minecraft, said, We know people around the world love Minecraft, and so it is really rewarding for us to see Minecraft encouraging students to talk about and engage with environmental issues. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. Oxford Smart uses the most up-to-date evidence and data to monitor, review and respond to each of your learners' needs. Curriculum and assessment are carefully planned together, making the data more meaningful. It reveals strengths, weaknesses, misconceptions and plans personalised next steps to deepen learning. With a powerful flow of information and intelligent insight, Oxford Smart is always evolving, always learning more about what works for every learner and what could work better, getting even smarter. 
The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Live from London, this is The Late Show with Genevieve Bent on Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome back to The Late Show with me, Genevieve Bent. Uh, thank you, Tom. I have, I've been talking about the smart curriculum for the last, I guess, hour and a bit. And I've been really, I'm really privileged to be able to showcase this, this whole new curriculum and this new platform that's coming from the OUP for teachers around the country. So if you hadn't heard about the sound, the the sound, the Oxford smart curriculum before this, um, hopefully if you were if you've been listening in or you're listening back you've learned a whole lot more about what the smart curriculum actually involves um it is like i said it's a new it's a completely new um i guess way of looking at things in terms of curriculum and so yeah i'm really excited to be a part of launch it or a part of its launch um to the the teaching community and I spoke to Amy Hewish, who is the head of STEM education at OUP, uh, briefly, and she sort of talked us through what that smart curriculum looks like from its, um, I guess, from its very early creation to where they're sort of at now, and the sort of thinking and and the research has gone into that. So yeah, it's been really great, and I'm like I said, really privileged, really. Um, enjoy being a part of this and so it has been a special show tonight as you've probably guessed from um the the caption for our live studio and I did have a special another special guest Woody Danan who is a head of faculty and science teacher at um at a school in North England and she talked to us about how she best uses OUP resources herself um and within her faculty and yeah it like I said it's been great uh, I will continue to plug OUP Smart Curriculum and support that launch as it gets rolled out um, across the country. And if you are in more further interested, if if you are interested in further details, please do connect with OUP Secondary on Twitter. You can connect with myself at Vive Right, and of course. Hopefully you're already following at TT Radio 2022 and you'll be able to see all the live tweets from tonight's show um, as well as, you know, some of the momentum that's been gained from um, the OUP about the smart curriculum so far. And of course, if you want to listen back to any of our other shows, you can go on to ttradio.org and listen to any of our amazing hosts um, and any of the previous shows on the website. So... I mean, we're coming towards the end of the show. It is slightly shorter tonight because it has been a special promo show. And, you know, I've been really excited to be a part of that. But I did want to just touch on something else uh, this evening, which you may have seen if you'd seen the promo card or the, the show card on our social media. And that was about driving the recruitment campaign in terms of black teachers within STEM subjects. So if you... Uh, are a follower of Lewis Hamilton, or you're a fan, you may have seen, you, you may be aware of his charity Mission 44. 
And in November last year, his charity and Lewis Hamilton himself, they launched this campaign and said that they were committed to supporting the recruitment of 150 black science, tech, engineering and mathematics teachers in English schools. So up and down the country. And the charity itself was set up to sort of empower young people from underrepresented groups in the UK and to work alongside the Hamilton Commission. So uh, anyone who, like I said previously, anyone who listens to my shows or has listened to any of my shows in the past, like I said, you can catch them on ttradio.org. You may be aware that I talk, you know, lots of my shows are based around identity, who I am as an individual, as a, a black science black female science teacher um my sort of career so far and you know celebration celebration yeah celebration of diversity in all forms um you know so it's a common running theme in terms of my shows and we are we wanted to you know I say we I don't know why I'm saying we, I wanted to do some, you know, do a little bit of plugging about what this mission is all about. But they, the commission itself, the early work of the commission identified the importance of black teachers and role models. And I did a, I graduated or virtually graduated from my master's last year, which looked at how identity has an impact on black characters. Black British Caribbean women in in um, particular in science education, and this would this is sort of looking to engage Black students with STEM subjects and how the Black teachers and role models have a big play a big part in that. And so he partnered with Teach First or the Commission, the Mission Forty Four partnered with Teach First, and I spoke to individually I spoke to Stephanie who is a part of the Teach First organization I think it was just last week or a couple of weeks ago and we talked about you know the the drive that Teach First are doing and and how they're planning to tackle this and address this within that organization and how I could support with that um if there is anything that I could do what's happening with that we just talked about, you know, the plans moving forward. So I wanted to plug an event that is coming up and I've shared it on Twitter this evening, but it's Tuesday the 19th of April and Teach First are going to be, uh, they're going to be holding this sort of panel of experts or panel of discussion from people within the STEM industry um, and leaders in education and it's at 6pm and it's virtual of course and you can be a part of that conversation as you know as a guest as a um, audience member by signing up via their website so I'll plug that again on my Twitter um, and TT Radio um, so hopefully if you are interested in that you can actually log on sign up for that and really enjoy that session Uh, but it is something that I'm passionate about as a black STEM teacher myself you know this is something that that has informed my career path and and where I see myself going and how I actually um how my presence impacts the students in front of me each day and and hopefully that is a positive impact impact I will stand by it being a positive impact but certainly how that is seen you know the impact of that across the wider wider education community uh, so I wanted to to touch on that briefly before we finish this evening 
Tom HB has texted in saying we're going to continue the OUP chat on Twitter spaces. So for those of you on Twitter and who are connected with TT Radio, you will know um, that Twitter, uh, Twitter, TT Radio love to hold a Twitter space from that um, from time to time now and again. And I know a particular favourite amongst, you know, uh, the edu Twitter community is the Room 101 or classroom staff room 101 where people are chucking into room 101 the things that they cannot stand happening at school um but they're doing a twitter spaces that is going to be about the oup um smart curriculum and just so if you want to take part in that if you want to uh get involved in the discussion continue that discussion please do uh, join the Twitter spaces and come and have a chat with us. That is going to be happening just after the show. Uh, so yeah, really excited about that one too. But yeah, I mean, today's show has been everything that I love, really talking about science curriculum, talking about science teaching, talking with uh, some wonderful scientific um, women, <laughs> for want of a better phrase. Um, yeah, I, it's been great. It's everything that I love. And, and also referring to identity as well and STEM identities and my, uh, you know, my individual identity. It's everything that, I, that is important to me. And as Woody said, you know, she loves being a classroom teacher. I absolutely love being a classroom teacher. I love, love, loved, as I said earlier in the show, being a head of science. And, you know, I, even though I'm not head of science now, I don't think that is the end of me being a head of science. I know that someday it's still going to be calling my name. Uh, because it's literally one of the the hardest but most amazing jobs um, in education for me. But, you know, that's a very biased view, but I stand by it. Um, Thank you to everyone who has been in the live studio tonight. It's I can see how many likes you've put into the live studio and people have shared the show and comments and questions. I've loved every minute of it. I really do appreciate the interactions. I hope that you have enjoyed the show and that you, if you have any other questions, of course, please text them in. But like I said, you can always tweet us, um, you know, or connect with us on any of the other social media, Instagram, for example. And yes, hopefully we've really piqued your interest or maybe created an interest for you. If you hadn't already heard about the Oxford Smart Curriculum, you can listen back to this show to find out, to just re-listen to um, that conversation between Amy, Amy and I at any point. And um, you can connect with your local advisor or consultant within the OUP team who are going to be willing and able to help you with that with moving forward with the smart curriculum but yes absolutely loved it today hopefully you enjoyed the show like I said hopefully you learned something new and hopefully you'll be back to join me at the end of the month for my second hopefully second show um in April but it's me Genevieve Bent I am signing out this Friday evening thank you again for joining me please do share the show please do follow us on Twitter at TT Radio 2022 please do go and check out our website ttradio.org and it's good night from me good night you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.